0: big bill told us at the start of collision that he was gonna go trick or cheating i was like billy boy it's way too early also hello my friends and welcome to ups and downs for aew collision we are just hours away from the wrestle dream pay-per-view which on paper is ridiculous and i've also seen nxt which is also ridiculous i think we have to stop moaning about professional wrestling we are just getting so much goodness in our bones which is why i'm very happy to say hello I am signed for what culture and i get to up those downs what does it mean nobody knows of course the biggest of bill said this because he is going to be in the main event of the evening where he is teaming up with his best buddy ricky starks and aussie open to take on brian danielson wheeler Utah, and ftr so once again sports entertainment is just silly someone also felt like i think andrade needed to win on this evening too So here came Andrade versus Juice Robinson. Now, of course, Robinson came out with the guns. I just love the little elements we were doing here because Jay White had got absolutely tonked on Dynamite. So they walked to the ring all like, man, I can't believe they took out their leader. This is all you need is the simple stuff. Andrade didn't care about this at all because he instantly went for the figure four. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. And bless Juice Robinson, he was shouting, man. Don't bring your stupid Ric Flair ship around here. When Andrade got around this by hitting a crossbody. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? If that makes no sense, well, you're going to have to watch other ups and downs. I have called this crossbody weeks ago. He also got the three amigos, which left me stunned, because usually you get two amigos and the third one runs away, which is when Austin and Colton were like, hey, our buddy's in trouble here. We better start casting distraction. Thankfully, Andrade had an answer to all of this, and it wasn't two plus two equals potato although it should have been, and he just moonsaulted onto them. Why not? Juice is not one to be deterred, though, so he started making noises. That distracted the referee. And this is when the guns were once again distracting Andrade, or Mr Tranquilo, when he turned around and Juice Robinson elbowed him so hard his face came off. So I called John Travolta. Andrade's plan was then to go for the 10 punches in the corner when Juice was like, wait a minute, I don't want to be punched. On the night, he took Andrade's head and he slammed it into Tina the Turnbuckle when we got a little bit of a spin because we went backstage and do you know who was watching this? (laughs) The hot and flexible CJ Perry. That is the best nickname ever. Robinson kept being an ass because he quite literally used the referee as a shield in order to stop the double knees. He just went up to Andrade and went, poop. And he poked him in the eyes. I'm sorry, but I absolutely love this man. He also hit this massive bomb of power for a one-two-oo when he also hit a crossbody. So that is it. I'm going to do something next week with the body of a cross because wrestlers, as I said the other day, have quite clearly rang each other up and gone, oh my gosh, we should do crossbodies all the time. Screw Canadian Destroyer. And Raleigh didn't really care about this because he started to dodge, duck and dive when he did go for the figure eight or the figure four, who the flub knows, which is when Juice turned it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But amazingly, that didn't work. Awesomely as well, the Wrestling Observer website recently ran an article that said, are there too many roll-ups in pro wrestling? I was like, Simon Miller right here called it three and a half years ago. Well, that's not quite true because I secretly love the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And this is when the guns decided we are just going to keep interfering until somebody tells us not to. The ref was like, well, that's my job. You've got to leave. Robinson then decided he'd go for another surprise roll-up, but instead Andrade elbowed him right in the face. He hit the hammerlock DDT and he got the one, two, three. We are quite Kenny building something here, but this was just a damn good match and I had a damn good time. Hashtag damn good. That's what I'm talking about. Tony Schiavone was then backstage with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. And who the flub had that on their 2023 bingo cards? Jericho admitted that they hadn't always been the best of friends. And actually they hate each other. But without their coming together, maybe AEW never would have existed. But that is why they're having a tune-up match later. Because they have to team at the pay-per-view. And they need to know whether they can coexist. Because if they can't coexist, one of them is just going to vanish into the phantom zone. They even agreed that they don't like each other. But they do have a common enemy. I love it when we do this in wrestling. I hate you... But I hate this guy more. When Tony Storm was back, and my gosh. I actually love it. Because she was doing another one of these sit-downs with RJ City. And after he insinuated that she keeps losing, she was like, I don't keep losing. In fact, I'm peaking right now. As far as I'm concerned, I'm peaking all the time. She also longs for the days when you could just wear a jaunty hat backwards and throw a pie into somebody's face. That's when I lost it. This is obviously a callback to everything that went down in NXT, or WWE, I should say. But Tony Storm sells it so well... Even if you didn't know this, it's still pretty damn funny. She's also mad because nowadays you have to bleed to be a star. And that's why she is going to bring this business back to a better time and prove how you get to the tippity top. There's no two ways about it. This is the best gimmick in pro wrestling right now. It is so damn fun, it is so damn entertaining, and she doesn't even need to wrestle. Just do these segments for the next 78 years, and I'll be a happy man. I am giving it such a lap. Cause yeah, you can take your 450s with a twist and a spin and a flippy-dippy-doo-da. Give me silly gimmicks all the time. Which is when the kingdom were in a match, and I was like, huh, you gotta hit a home run. This is mostly because they now are knee-deep in the MJF, Adam Cole, or Roderick Strong stuff. But they actually smashed this in about 8 seconds. Because they had their suitcases with them. As Nigel McGuinness went, well I tell you why they're doing that. Because they've just come from Roderick's house. As soon as they're done here, they need to get back to him as soon as they can. Next round. They've also taken on the Best Friends, which did tie in. Because last week Mike Bennett and Matt Taven had beaten the flub out of them. So now they wanted revenge. And I'm sure these guys must have had match after match after match. But they came here on the biggest of stages they totally, totally did really good. I mean, the best friends didn't care about any of this hoo-ha and went for stereo pile drivers right away. But that's when the kingdom bailed when they were doing drop toe holds onto chairs. So like, where did that escalation come from? Taylor was then able to hit this massive knee when we got the sort of hot tag to Trent. And he hit suplexes, which is when Taven was coming back with Insiguri. That's when Chuck hit the soul food. So Trent hit Tornado DDT. I was like, did you see that? It was a combo. Then then decided he would wound more next because he was going to do a power drive on damn Simba the Steel Steps. But that got reversed into a DVD. And even then, I was like, wait a minute, it's just a random episode of Collision, and here we are trying to kill each other. The best friends then hit their doomsday knee, which is when they gave us what they want, and they did the big old hug. And they proved if you go after your dreams, eventually you will achieve them because they finally hit their dual pie drivers actually didn't work at all. It's really good because Bennett got his foot on the ropes for an excellent one-two-oo. <laughs> he noticed the referee wasn't paying attention, so he just started smashing everybody in the testicles. Like, if you had a penis, he was coming for you. And then the kingdom was then able to hit their pretty good Hail Mary finisher for the one-two-three. I was actually pleased with them because, again, they have been doing such good work, especially because when they were done, they got on the mic and they were like, yeah, we, we do have our luggage. We need to get back to Ronnie. They also dropped in the line that Adam Cole has delayed his surgery to talk to the doctors some more. And therefore, he better come and see Strong soon. Otherwise, he can kiss their ass. They're like, Haha, we're only joking. So this is just tremendous storytelling. Because I'm 99.9% sure this Cole injury is real. And therefore, I send out all best wishes to him. But now they tricked me in that 0.1% that maybe, just maybe... <laughs> It's a work, even though I know it's not a work. Those reminded him he will be a selfish prick if he does do this. So it's a massive round of applause. This is one of the best stories going right now. It's getting it up. When we saw Prince Nana and Don Callis talking to each other, obviously that was bad news brown. Now, as soon as Alex Marvez found them, Don did walk off. And Nana essentially said, well, I'll tell you why we are talking. Because if my boys, the Gates of agony, take out Omega and Jericho later, we're in the money. We're in the money. He sung it and he did the dance. Somebody needs to give Prince Nama a medal. We then got this great video bigging up the fact that we are doing Julia Hart versus Chris Statlander for the TBS title at Wrestle Dream. when we got Julia versus Vert Vixen. And I thought this was really, really good. Now given Julia does have this fight on Sunday, there was no way she was going to lose. But one, she put in another terrific performance. And two, the reason we went with Vert Vixen is because we are in Seattle. That's the home of the Defy promotion. She's like knee-deep in with them. And of course, it is pro wrestling, so there's every chance she could have won. I mean, there's every chance we could see a match between an elephant and a plant. I mean, it's probably not gonna happen, but it could. Turns out it didn't at all, and instead Vert got absolutely whipped. When she ran at Julia Hart, she kind of popped her right in the face when she hit that moonsault. And I tell you, this moonsault is a thing of beauty, because Julia Hart doesn't really travel any kind of a distance, but she lands it so well, One of my favorite new moves. Julia also got on the mic afterwards and told Statlander to get her ass out here. And you know the wrestling rules. Somebody has said your name, so she did appear. And she arrived with the best friends, mostly because Julia was in the ring with Brody King. These guys belled, though, and just when it looked like Julia and Chris were gonna get at it, Hart was like, I'm only kidding. Oh, I'm out of here, too. When Statlander got on the mic and said, oh, yeah, well, listen to this. I am the defeater of the undefeated, because, of course, Julia Hart has been undefeated, for like 510 days, a good line. Choose a promise that Julia Hart's time is done tomorrow, and if we actually did change the title here, I wouldn't have a problem with it. And that's because this is a good feud, and when you part a good feud, you are getting it out. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. The Wrestle Dream pay-per-view then continued to live up to its name because Claudio Castagnoli here was just ranting and raving when his challenge got answered by none other than flipping Josh Barnett. Now of course I'm pretty sure he was trained by Antonio Noki. but again these things just keep coming out of the whim wham, pay-per-view is going to be so damn fun. It's also when we moved into Jericho and Omega versus the Gates of Agony. I always feel sorry for these entry devices. Like, why are you so sad? They are such an underrated team, though. And as we learned around about eight seconds, Kenny and Chris are totally great together. I mean, it doesn't come as that big of a surprise. Tony the owner also completely knows how Chris Jericho chops me he just by him in the face. When the gates of agony got together, and I tell you, for a good little while, they were totally running wild. Because I like to get carried away. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna win. Then of course they didn't win. It took Chris booting him right in the head when he was able to get the tag to Kenny who hit a crossbody. So that's it. Once again, next week, we are going to start to have some fun. This is when Jericho was back after taking his Phoenix down and Kenny Omega and him did a double suplex. But Prince Nana, by this point, was freaking out. So he started casting distraction. He started interfering. He started grabbing people's legs. Khan was then here and he decided to hit all the suplexes when he started to backstab Kenny Omega. I don't mean... He like tricked him, I mean, he gave him a backstabber. When Leona came in, he just basically flattened everybody with a centaur. This is when Jericho got the hot tag, and you may even say he ran wild, where he also got the Hurricane Rana. He hit a double axe handle, so I was cheering. And he nailed the lion's salt. I was like, damn it, Chris Jericho, you just don't age. He then thought he could get the Judas effect, but Carl was here instead and just ruined him with a lariat. But that's when Kenny Omega had taken all his magic powder to lift up his MP. And all of a sudden, he was just drop-kicking everybody. And he absolutely whammed out this V-trigger. This allowed Chris to get the code breaker as Omega did his wonderful dive. And I tell you, I don't know how he does that thing. When all of a sudden, Christopher locked in the walls of Jericho and he got the tap-out win. So again... Given that they've never teamed together before, well, they're just good, aren't they? Do not forget that the agonizing Gates, though, are also a really good team. We should use this to do more with them. Giving it an up. Jericho also grabbed a mic after this and was all like, oh, I'm so happy because we can work together. When Kenny also joined in, he was like, look, I hate that Don Callis and I know he brainwashed me, but now I'm back to being the real Kenny Omega. He also said that there's bigger things at play here, especially because Don Kalish and Takeshita had spent $30,000 flying out of Japan to try and kill Kota Ibushi, and we saw that on Dynamite. That's essentially what they did. This is why they must win at the pay-per-view, as Chris Jericho said, Sammy Guevara, you're the real Judas. I do believe he called him a son of a bitch, which means things just got super duper serious. He's also going to make sure that he ruins his life. Which really made me laugh. And this is like my bald head shining. You just know it's going to happen. This six man is going to be so damn good. Once again, I am pumped for the pay-per-view. The name of my autobiography. The righteous were then here with another one of their wacky videos. There's no two ways about it. These are some weird, weird cats. They still want to ruin this bond between MJF and Adam Cole. As they kept calling Adam Cole a liar. So that's it. We've just taken the fuel. And we put it on the fire. So don't go on social media today the speculation's too much also talking about that everybody is still moaning can we just shut up now let's give people some opportunities and see if they sink or swim and if you don't do that you're never going to create new stars we also got this awesome video package for christian cage versus darby allen for the tnt title that's happening on wrestle dream and as darby confirmed it is officially the main event and you know what that means we have to go back to Speculation City. Because yes, it does mean potentially Wrestle Dream could end with the debut of Edge. Now, nobody knows anything. I know the pre-sale code was like Edge R75 or something. But if it does happen, is this going to be one of the best things that's happened in the last 10 years? Yes, it will be. Because Jay Cargill going to WWE is awesome. Edge going to AEW is awesome. You want to keep crossing the streams because it's good for the wrestlers, and it's good for the fans makes me feel all warm and fuzzy but I'm dumb. when the righteous just beat these two dudes i mean it was a squash match so that made sense because they want you to believe they do have what it takes to maybe become the ring of honor world champions or ring of honor tag team champions and they hit the Autumn sunrise whatever their finisher is called one, two, three. He also told the audience they were paper people after this. I was like, I'd like to be a paper person. Sounds excellent. But I mean, it just means you can't go outside in the rain. Once again, they doubled down on the fact that Adam Cole is a liar. And I actually think these two have done some really good work recently. And it kind of ties into all those rumors from years ago where apparently Bray Wyatt wanted to bring them into WWE... I totally, totally get it. It also means I'm totally intrigued about MJF taking on these two. So we have done our job. And sure, I'd love to see MJF in a world title match. But we're not doing that. So I'm just going to enjoy this instead. Then got another video package saying, oh yeah, we're doing Shibata versus Eddie Kingston at the pay-per-view. And I honestly went, ah, ha, ah, ah, Because this is just stupid. Zero Hour has now also received... Shane Taylor, Lee Moriarty, Mercedes Martinez, and Diamante taking on Keith Lee, Kojima, Billy Starks, and Athena. And look, that rhymed, so it must be good. We then cut to TMDK2, where they fell out with the acclaimed because we're also getting that on the pre-show. This is how I'm going to watch with my eyes covered, which makes no sense. I'm not going to be able to see anything, but I just can't handle how many crazy, crazy, but good matches we get. You could say the same for the main event, too, which is just me doing a terrible segue because it was Aussie Open, Ricky Starks and Big Bill taking on the Blackpool Combat Club and FTR. And you could watch this 9,737 times. It would never actually be bad we also had Zack saber jr on commentary who was just wonderfully mad and he was so good with nigel McGuinness. when we kicked it off with ricky starks versus willie uter when rick was like nah i don't want none this meant that carl fletcher flew in instead and soon mark davis and dax Harwood were just chopping the ship out of each other when on commentary zach was so funny he was like this brian danielson i think he's phoning it in and nigel McGuinness was so happy to join in I mean, these two need their own show. Sabre also called Big Bill, Large William. And I was so mad at myself. I was like, damn it, I should have thought of that. <laughs> Somebody give this man his flowers. Bax then got his ass whooped by Aussie Open for a while. Until Wheeler got the tag. And if you can believe it, he took out Big Boy William. I was like, man, how'd do he do that? Also, I just want to throw it in there. How cool is it that Big Bill, the former Big Cass, is now in a main event and hanging with the top guys? I mean, he is just as good as them and he totally deserves it. Fletcher and Davis then essentially hit this suplex powerbomb because they are just the best tag team. When it was time for Brian Danielson, and once again, because we were in Seattle, everybody lost it. He took out Ricky by murking him in the corner when all of a sudden Ricky starts with going for the Rochambeau. but Brian Danielson didn't want to take that, so he reversed it, but he still got Tornado DDT'd these guys got good chemistry we then got Brian and Bill going at it as I was transported back to 2018 and of course Danielson was like ah, I don't care how large you are I'm gonna try and lock on the label lock which is when Carl Fletcher was here to break it up damn it at this stage the tag claxon went off and it was absolute chaos to the point somewhere Sonic was like oh my gosh I've got a zone to save when yeah we got to the finish and it was a little bit weird because Ben and Stark hit this awesome chokesman spear combo and when Ricky Starks made the pin he got the one two three but it kind of felt like cash wheeler was meant to break up this pin because there was just some strange vibe about it however i will counter you or counter myself by saying ricky starks's music played straight away Maybe this was a little bit of a ruse. really doesn't matter, and fair play to Aubrey Edwards. We should get into the habit of going one, two, three, regardless, because that's not on the refs. As soon as we were done, everybody just started beating the shit out of each other. They didn't care the bell had rung. They wanted death. Danielson also got his revenge by kneeing Big Bill in the face, when he was like, oh, wait a minute. My real beef is with Zack Sabre Jr. When he called him out and these two started to get into it too. When they go into a shoving match until Zack decides, you know what, I will wait till tomorrow. And I'm so excited about this match. It is going to be like two octopuses or octopi having a match. And even though that sounds weird, well, I mean it to sound weird. They just approach wrestling in such a strange but amazing way no way it can be bad so i am so damn excited especially when i look at this pay-per-view i mean it's like the internet has booked it which is why i'm so happy AEW does exist and main event is getting it up as is the show overall because all it did is get me hyped and that's what you should be doing on your go home show i mean there's been way too much professional wrestling this weekend but i don't care i got real problems it's getting it up I already said. That. Now, please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe. And let me know what you thought about AEW clips in the comments below. There is WWE SmackDown ups and downs, so please do make sure you click that. Go to whatculture.com to stay up to date with the latest wrestling news. Why not follow us on social media? That's what we do. My name is over What Culture, and I shall be back in 24 hours' time to up those downs for AEW Wrestle Dream. I mean, there's just so much wrestling. What even is real life anymore? I don't know. My brain is just like hot tags and kickouts and false finishes. No wonder I'm losing my way. See you soon.